RNZ Pacific News, Malo Elele, I'm Selman Tevam Tafai. Nine MPs in Tonga have advised their Prime Minister, Huokava Meliku Sio Sisuveleni, and his Foreign Minister, Fekita Utoi Kamanu, to relinquish their ministerial portfolios in respect to the wishes of King Dubo VI. All nine MPs are noble representatives elected to government by Tonga's chiefs and lords. It comes nearly a month after a letter from King Dubo withdrawing his confidence in the ministerial portfolios of the PM and his foreign minister with no reason given. Tonga's PM has maintained the ministerial portfolios. Huokavame Liku is expected to indicate whether to forego or retain his and his foreign minister's portfolios in Parliament today. Transparency International in Papua New Guinea says the abuse of Parliament's processes undermines public confidence and feeds corruption. TIPNG says all MPs are ultimately accountable to the people of PNG. Don Wiseman has more. The watchdog says undermining democratic processes not only erodes public trust but hinders the country's progress. It says the refusal of the acting speaker to allow a motion for a vote against the Prime Minister James Murape, followed by an adjournment until May, raises serious questions. The TI chair, Peter Aitze, says the motion's a fundamental tool within the parliamentary system, allowing MPs to hold the executive accountable. He says denying it without due process is an affront to the democratic rights of both the opposition and the people. Mr Aitze says it perpetuates a culture of impunity and weakens the already fragile checks and balances within the government, fueling an environment rife to corrupt behaviour. Meanwhile, a vote of no confidence in Papua New Guinea's Prime Minister James Marape is set to be heard on May 29th. The opposition bloc stands by the motion filed on February 20th, despite discrepancies raised by the Private Business Committee. Opposition MP Keith Iduhu says in their view there are no issues with the paper despite the Prime Minister rubbishing it and accusing the opposition of forging names. He told media the public can have faith that the notice is intact and holds full integrity. Samoa's Ministry of Health has warned of possible dengue fever outbreaks following heavy rain in the past months. The Samoa Observer reports Director-General of Health, Aeono Professor Alec Ekeroma, saying Samoa has surpassed a crucial threshold, prompting the Ministry of Health to launch an awareness campaign. He did not explain what the threshold was. The last dengue outbreak in Samoa was in 2017 to 2018, with almost 3,000 cases and five deaths. Symptoms include high fever, severe headaches, joint and muscle pain, nausea and rash. Meanwhile, in American Samoa, three children were in hospital with chickenpox last Friday. Cook Islands Tourism says it has been challenging to reach consensus on new guidelines for turtle tour operators. Director of Destination Development Brad Kerner says the new agreement, which is not legally binding, includes maintaining a three-metre distance from turtles and having a ratio of one guide to every four guests while in the water. A 50-year-old New Zealand man died in Ava Avaroa Passage, where the tours take place in December last year. Mr Kerner says the overall standards of tour operations have already improved. It's been challenging to reach consensus with everyone involved. It's been a reasonably long process. But I 
personally believe that the MOU approach has, has been extremely productive. It's been the catalyst for really robust discussion and debate, so it's getting people thinking and talking about it and what improvements they need to make to comply for their own operations. The European Union's new ambassador to New Zealand says it's staying out of the geopolitical tug-of-war between the US and China in the Pacific. Increased competition for regional influence between the superpowers has polarised Pacific politics in recent years, with some experts warning any further escalation could spark conflict. But Lawrence Meredith, who started his Wellington posting in January, says the EU has its focus elsewhere. Of course, it is true that um, both New Zealand and the European Union recognise the growing strategic importance of the Pacific. Um, Naturally, security is part of that conversation, but I would say it's been very clear that the priorities are climate change, economic development and human development. The life of Whaanana e Fiso Collins was celebrated in South Auckland yesterday. The New Zealand Green Party MP died last week at a charity event. More than 2,000 people attended the memorial service, among them reporter Jordan Dunn. MC Taito Eri Tuavi put the occasion poignantly, using the same first words Whaanana used at the start of his English maiden speech in Parliament. It is an indescribable feeling to be standing here with a profound sadness and a broken heart as we come together to mourn the loss of our champion. The world became darker as a bright, shining beacon of love and light faded away. Fa'anana's sister Jemima gave a touching tribute starting from the beginning about her brother, who she called Bopper. Ephesel came into this world weighing 10 pounds, 2 ounces, a bonny lad with fair skin and ginger hair. A lot of our uncles thought, where did this Afagasi baby come from? Throughout the public memorial was a reminder of Whaanana's commitment to his Christian faith. Blessed be the name of the Lord who takes away the sin of the world. From 274 Promised Land to his eternal promised land. Manuia Papa. Until we meet in the clouds. Amongst the politicians, family and public figures that attended, all agreed Fa'anana was leaving behind a legacy of fighting for his people that will undoubtedly be continued. Also in Aotearoa, a homeless shelter in Hamilton says it has been left to look after acutely mentally unwell people because local health services are so stretched. The Hamilton Christian Night Shelter Trust says it's putting its staff and other guests increasingly at risk. Anusha Bradley reports. The shelter's chief executive Joanne Turner says calls to Hamilton's mental health crisis team over the last year result in no help and they're told to call the police instead. She says the shelter's having to pick up the slack where mental health services are failing and multiple concerns raised with the Fatu order have gone nowhere. The health agency says its crisis team is available, but police are involved if there's a risk of violence. It says Waikato Hospital's 60-bed acute adult mental health unit generally has an occupancy rate above 100%, as it does not turn away anyone who needs to be admitted. Philippines President Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has used a major speech to the Australian Parliament to declare he will not back down in territorial disputes with China. 
Here's the ABC's Stephen Gidgets. Australia and the Philippines have been deepening defence ties and conducted joint drills last year in the South China Sea, where China's been trying to push the Philippines out of contested waters. President Marcos has told a joint sitting of Parliament that he will not back down. The challenges that we face may be formidable, but equally formidable is our resolve. We will not yield. He says Australia is a critical partner to ensure peace in the region. The president has also stressed developed countries need to do more to fight climate change. In sport, Juventus midfielder Paul Pogba has been handed a four-year ban for a doping offence earlier this season. The France International says he will appeal the decision. Lewis Hamilton was quickest in practice for Formula One season opening Bahrain Grand Prix, just ahead of Mercedes teammate George Russell. And Australians Matthew Griffin and Scott Hind share a one-shot lead over a group of players heading into the second round of the New Zealand Golf Open in Queenstown. That's your latest RNZ Pacific news and sport. For more stories, go to rnzi.com.